Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Rachel Hollis podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Hollis, and that's probably obvious, but today I am sitting down with actress Danielle McDonald, and we're talking about her career and how you become an actress in the first place, moving far away from home to pursue your dreams, and a little bit of everything in between. If you're someone who is chasing down a big dream or who has ever thought of pursuing a career in the entertainment industry, today's conversation is for you. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. So I guess, Danielle, let's start with where are you chatting with me from today? Where are you at right now in the world? I'm actually in LA. Okay. Yeah. I just got back here six weeks ago because I was in Australia for the six months before that. So. Oh, wow. And what was that like being, because is that home? Is that where you grew That's up? That's where I'm from, but I was actually in a different state than where I'm from because I was uh, shooting a miniseries out there. Oh, got mm-hmm. it. Was it good to be back there? Is it good to be back home? Sort of how you feel? about life right now? Honestly, it was amazing being there because I also realized it's the longest uh, amount of time I've spent in Australia since I left when I was 18. So to be there for six months was kind of crazy because it felt very familiar in a way, even though it wasn't my hometown. Like my family was able to drive down and visit me and I was in the same time zone as everyone I grew up with. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So it was was really nice. It's also nice being home. I I feel very torn. I feel like my heart's always in two places. So, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Whereabouts in LA are you based? I'm in West Hollywood. Okay. Very cool. And I feel like things are opening up again and it's starting to feel like my last couple of trips to LA, it's, I I lived there for a very, very long time. Mm. So it's starting to feel more like, like it did once upon a time, which is nice. It does. And it was kind of crazy because I left, uh, in February when everything was still locked down, like we couldn't even eat at outdoor restaurants or anything. And then to come back and everything's like really kind of alive again. And, opening it's it it was such a strange sensation I was like oh wow this is not the place that I left so yeah yeah yeah. and so you moved away you moved from Australia at 18 was that with the intention of of coming here and being an actress or what was the what was the plan that you sort of had rolled out for you then uh yeah basically for me to come to America I had to have a work visa um so it was definitely with the intention of 
that's why. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I didn't really have any other option. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I fell in love with acting when I was a teenager, and I just wasn't really getting any opportunity in Australia at the time. And I knew that there was just more content in America. Like we only had a handful of shows at the time. I think it's it's gotten the industry has gotten a little bit bigger since, but so I I came out here just on a trip, and I ended up. I mean, the casting director who introduced me to my managers, who got me my first audition, which I happened to book. And it was just this kind of crazy snowball effect. And that got me a visa. And then I moved to the States and I did. I Wow. Yeah, it was, it was honestly really crazy and kind of a whirlwind, but I didn't get my visa in time to do the show. So the job that I actually originally came out here for, I didn't get to do, but it also gave me a fresh start out here with a work visa. And I was able to kind of just start from the ground up out here, which was, yeah. which was exactly what I wanted because it was just more opportunities for me out here. And did you approach that process? Sort of what was the feeling? Was it excitement? Was it nerves? Was it like, how did you step into this massive thing, you moved from the other side of the world and now you're taking on this dream. Like, what did that feel like? Yeah, I mean, I really think it, <laughs> for me, it was just excitement at the time. I was so excited because I knew that this is what I wanted to do and I didn't know how to make that happen back home at all. Like, it felt like I was kind of just in a box there and I couldn't kind of find my way out. And so being able to come out here was such an exciting prospect that I didn't really think about how huge a move that was and how drastic a change that was in my life. If I were to do the same thing today, I think I'd be terrified. Like (laughs) now I kind of have that knowledge of how crazy that is. But at 18, you're just like, this is what I want to do. This is so exciting. And And my first year out here was, it was hard because I feel like I was basically living in an Australian time zone while being in LA, which is funny because, you know, I was, I, I turned 19 a month after I moved here and I couldn't go out for the next two years. I didn't know anyone my age because I hadn't grown up there. I didn't have a car yet. I, I didn't know how to do anything really. I'd never lived away from home before. Like I was so lucky that I moved in with a girl who is now one of my best friends. And I truly don't know how I would have got through that first year without her, but I I just got so lucky with that. And then, you know, then you kind of grow up and you're like, oh, you know, I started going to acting classes and making more friends and then I was able to get a car. And, you know, (laughs) it's like, then your life kind of starts to take off and it's fine. But yeah, I can't believe how fearless or the fact that I didn't think about any kind of consequences when I was 18. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's something beautiful about that, that I think a lot of times when people are younger, they want so desperately to have the wisdom of, you know, 10 years in the future, or they want to be so much further along in their career. But for so many of us, we wouldn't have done the stupid, daring, audacious things that we did if we had known better. Yeah. So there's something really beautiful about being too dumb to know that you should be scared of what's happening. I agree. I honestly think it's one of the best things we can do. Like we have to learn and grow from our experiences and we actually have to take those experiences, like take the opportunity. And I think with more time, knowledge and experience, you might be a little less daring to do that because you know the consequences. And 
and but that's also not to say that the consequences aren't amazing you know what I mean like I'm so glad I did it completely but it just would have been so terrifying to do it now whereas then it was just exciting and living right. in that excitement is an amazing thing so tell me about how then your career has unfolded. I mean, you're someone that I'm aware of in the last couple of years, for sure. But I always know that if for me to be aware of you in the last couple of years means that there was a whole <laughs> big journey before that. Everyone thinks it's an overnight success when really you you worked at it for a very long time. So what did it look like? You know, you, you started going to those acting classes. You got a car, very important in LA. <laughs> and then what were sort of the next steps as that career started to unfold? Yeah, well, I came out here in 2010 and I got a car in 2011, like you said, very nice. important, very helpful to get to auditions. It was also in 2010, there wasn't Uber yet or anything. Mm-hmm. So, right. you know, I had to call those cabs to come yep. and get me and it was, it was crazy. And then the bus schedule is you can't get to the valley on a bus. Like it's impossible. I was like, no, it was, it was very difficult. I will say I used to go on like Google maps and print out maps of where I was going before I would leave. Yes. 100%. And it would like carry over the direct. uh, Yes. Yes. Cause I didn't have a smartphone until what, like 2012 or something. So it was, you know, you always had to be close to home because you got an email audition or something like that. And now it's like, you can be anywhere and do it on the fly. But back then it was not, that easy so it's crazy how much it it has evolved just in the last 10 years it's absolutely nuts to me but yeah I mean I started auditioning and um it's it's a funny thing like you get really close to some things and then you don't book or you book small things which kind of help progress but it's a lot of trying and rejection honestly like that's that's what this industry is And I think I came out here with the mentality of when I first came out here, it was a lot of, um, in Australia, like, well, you you probably shouldn't go to L here with like, everyone said it's impossible. So I might not work for 10 years. So I, anytime I booked something, it was exciting and, and it never felt like, oh my God, there's, well, no, it did. It definitely, it definitely was hard, but I think I was able to keep persevering through that because I just expected it to be 10 times worse every time. I really kind of came out with expectations of no one really thinks that this is possible. So I'll just have to keep working at it until something happens. And I got my SAG card in uh, like, uh, I don't know, less than a year after I moved out here, I did an episode of Glee, which got me my SAG card, which was nice. And then I booked my first film a year and a half after moving out here. So that's great. Actually, that's really great. It feels like, even though that that's, quite a bit of time. It feels like there are people who've been in LA for, you know, 15 years trying it and haven't done that. So that's great. Why do you think that you, that there was an evolution or that you progress? Because there are people who go out there and they try and take this trail and don't ever make traction. Do you think there are things that you did or maybe a mindset that you had about the process that allowed you to evolve? You know, it's really hard being out here for so long and having so many friends that are actors. I, it's it, sometimes it's just like there is no rhyme or reason. Like it's really you can't pinpoint it. No one had. There is no one way into this industry. Is number one. Like so many people I know have had different opportunities through completely different routes, and not one of them is right or wrong. They're all. They're all just the way. It, there. There is no one steadfast rule for this industry, which is what is strange about it. 
And some of the hardest working people I know, it's just, it, you know, hasn't necessarily happened yet for them. And that's a crazy mentality to me because I'm like, you're so talented. You're very hardworking. Like, what, what is it? And I don't really know. I, I truly could not tell you. And I think that's the thing about this, uh, this industry. It's a lot of luck mixed with hard work and talent and a million other things. But there is an element of just unpredictability to it. And I think the hardworking aspect kind of comes into to play when, when the luck strikes, you've got to be ready for it. And then there are some people when the luck strikes, they're not ready for it. And it's like, that's why you got to work hard, you know? Yeah. I've talked to someone about this too, actually. The idea that uh, uh, my agent, uh, this is sort of his theory, is that everybody will be given an opportunity Mm -hmm. and you might only get one, Mm -hmm. but everyone's going to get a moment in time where they have a chance to try. Yeah. And you have to be ready for that moment. Uh, There's this Oprah quote that I love. From years ago, she said, um, there's no such thing as luck. There's only preparation meeting opportunity at a moment in time. Yes. So that when someone says, hey, you got five minutes, like to be over here, this huge opportunity, you actually are prepared. So what did you do or what do you still continue to do to be in a place of preparation for the work that you're doing? Well, I think that's a hard thing. Like with auditions and with this industry, it's like you put your heart and soul and time and energy into these things that are just not going to happen. But you have to keep doing that because then one of them will. And so it's, it's, yeah. a, it's you know, it's, it's a lot, but there's this like love and passion and dedication for it that I feel surrounded by with, with everyone around me that feels the same way. And it ultimately kind of keeps driving you. There's a lot of support. I will say, I think that people think about LA and they're like, oh, it's flaky and it's temperamental and it's um, superficial. And I'm like, I have such a strong support network here because it really is a difficult industry and everyone realizes that. And there's a lot of understanding for it, honestly. It's not a normal life, you know? Sometimes people are dropping things at the last minute to help you with something because that's kind of just the way it is. And that's actually really beautiful. So I don't know what it is I necessarily do, but I know the, so there was a film that really kind of broke me through, I guess is the best way to put it. And it was called Patty Cakes. And Mm -hmm. for me, when I got that opportunity, it was a call to my managers for something called the Sundance Directors Lab which is a Sundance organization does these labs for creatives throughout the year. And the specific one is for directors and the directors have an opportunity to bring out from their films that they're trying to create. And they're first time directors. They're, you know what I mean? Like there's no funding for the films yet. You don't even know if it'll ever get made. And if you choose to do this, it's, and you're completely volunteer basis. They'll, They'll put you up, they'll fly you out there and they'll give you food. But you know, you're just kind of like, I'm entering a new world for a month. And I kind of got that call to go. And one of the things was, uh, hey, she needs to be able to rap. And I was like, that that is not something I know how to do. Like, I am so not your person. But the director, I had a call with the director and he was like, look, it's for me, it's really about the acting. And I do need you to learn how to rap in the next four days before you fly out here. But at the same time, you know, we'll just go from there. This is just to workshop it. And I'm really trying to find the character. So for me, it was like, okay, 
this is terrifying, but these are these opportunities that we all want. There is no one way in. Do you know what I mean? So that was yeah. where I was like, okay, I'm just going to go for it. And I'm probably going to look like a complete idiot in front of a group of people having to rap when I really don't know what I'm doing. And right. I, so I just did it. I did it. And, you know, my director said the first day, I was like, yeah, it's, it's really rough, but I can see that there could be potential here. <laughs> and like, I'm, I'm so fortunate for that. And I completely just dove headfirst into it. And it was all I, all I listened to while I was there. And I worked so hard. I took advantage of every opportunity there. I barely slept for the month, which was honestly, it was one of the, the best months of my life. And because of that, so the director, Jeremy was like, I want to actually do this movie with you. And when I went in, he didn't have an intention of using me for the film. It was how we developed the character over the course of that month that made him want to. And that was so special and exciting. And it's just putting your everything into every opportunity, I guess. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. But when it does, it's really special. Well, and I also think you're establishing yourself and the kind of work ethic you have because it is this hard industry, but people talk. And I think that when you bring Mm -hmm. that excellence and when you do bring your whole heart to something, they tell each other, they tell people like, oh, I worked with Danielle and she's amazing and she'll try anything and she, you know, she'll, she'll show up and like do, do it all. So I was thinking too, it's funny, uh, in my early career, Mm -hmm. I had an event planning firm at an event planning firm in LA. And all I wanted was to do the Sundance Film Festival. I wanted to do a lounge mm-hmm. at the Sundance mm-hmm. Film Festival. So it's so funny <laughs> you tell that story. And because it was like the sexy, cool thing to get to do. Yeah. And every year I would try and I would bid out for a job. And, you know, I didn't have enough experience and it just nobody was interested. And then one year after, you know, massaging this relationship for years and years, I got a call from Entertainment Weekly, which was the lounge that I wanted to produce. And they were like, hey, you have been calling and emailing us for all these years. We actually do need someone. And I'm like, oh my God, okay, this is it. This is the moment. (laughs) And they said, you're a caterer, right? And I was like, yes, I am. (laughs) Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I sure am. catering for our lounge. And I'd been in the industry enough, kind of, I'm sure similarly to you, where it's like, you didn't know how to rap, but you also knew how to like unpack a scene and memorize lines. And you had some skills, right? So same kind of thing. I was like, well, I've managed catering as part of an event for years. I feel like, so I was just like, yeah, I can totally do it. And I did. And it was how I got my foot in the door. And it was the most insane, hardest, like, but I did it and it was awesome. And it launched what would become the most successful part of my business, which was doing Sundance every year and doing lounges for multiple people. But had I not taken that big, like had that faith in myself, made that big jump, Mm -hmm. I never would have had that opportunity. Is that something that you feel like still shows up for you today in work or in life? For sure. I honestly, I love that story so much. It feels so it's, it's just kind of, that's life. You know what I mean? It's, it's might not be the path that you're exactly expecting, but you got to take advantage of every opportunity and like not be scared of it and challenge yourself. And it might be really difficult, but it's amazing kind of what pays off with that, with taking these opportunities, right? taking a leap of faith in yourself really more than anything. And what you learn too, like grace under pressure, right? Because if you have that moment where you're like standing in front of people like, oh crap, I'm about to rap for the first time in public. (laughs) That's 
interesting. Seriously. Which takes courage mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And and do you feel like uh, it? you are inside of an industry where there is a fair amount of um, insecurity, right? About yeah. kind of not doing things a certain way or not doing them the right way or the way that is kind of the trend. And so yeah. something like that, like, oh, I'm going to go and just put my heart into this and try this thing. How does then that weave itself through the way you show up now? Because I imagine that mm-hmm. like finding confidence in yourself didn't just happen that one time when you rapped in front of people for the first time. I, I imagine it's still showing up now. Oh yeah. I, I think that there's always a moment on every job that I'm so pushed and challenged by. And if I'm not, it, it kind of, it almost feels strange. It almost feels like, did I even do good work? <laughs> like, was that yeah. even, yeah. Because I mean, you're playing other people. You're having experiences that are different to your own. You're having to put your brain in a place that it does not naturally like lie in. And that's what's really interesting because if you're just having a, oh, I'm just going, showing up to work and doing the job, then I think it kind of can really reflect that way sometimes, you know? And sometimes you put your whole heart and soul into it and it doesn't do well. You know, that also happens and that's just life. But at the same time, if you're, I don't feel as fulfilled if I'm not putting my heart and soul into something. Like I chose this impossibly hard career for a reason. It's because I love it. So what am I doing if I'm just showing up? And yeah, it's so funny because I think one of the questions I get asked really often is like, I've, I've worked with some really incredible like female actresses. And a, a lot of people say like, what, what did they teach you? What did they teach you? And I'm like, honestly, the thing that I noticed between all of these incredible iconic women is how hot they work. They show up and they don't just do their job. They're not late. They're not having people wait for them. They're not just like, what's my line? They are there. They're on time. They have gone through the scenes. They know exactly what's happening. They have thoughts, opinions, feelings. It's it's absolutely incredible to kind of see people work at such a high level because you realize they're only still there because of their work ethic. They yeah. would not be where they are if they just were like, oh, I did one great thing once and now I'm famous. Like that is that is not what's happening. Like they are hard workers. And it's so incredibly impressive because it makes you always just want to keep striving to be better and to do more and to not just like rest on the fact that you have a job. What does it look like now? Like you said that you were in Australia mm-hmm. and you just did a mini series. Sort of what is work life for you these days? Well, yeah, I guess I, I just got back like six weeks ago from that job. And that was completely different in the sense that it's the longest job I've done. I, I usually do films or I've done one of the miniseries before, but that was in Los Angeles. So I was home. So it felt really different because I was just kind of living my life and then recurring on this miniseries. Yeah. Whereas this one, I'm, I'm one of the leads of it and I was in a completely different country. And it was, it's, it's insane, honestly, in the sense that you're living a completely different life. <laughs> while your life is also still happening here. It's a really strange sensation, but I think the one thing I've really learned is while I go away and I have these experiences and I throw myself completely into that, I also make sure I maybe wake up 15 minutes earlier to check in with my friends here and to 
do that kind of thing. And I'm also really lucky that they have a level of understanding that I will kind of be gone. And when I come back, I will, I will put in that effort. And it's a really nice kind of balance. Cause it's, it's also very jarring when I just pick up and leave and come back, but it's also incredible the experience you get to have because I met so many incredible people, had so many amazing like friendships on that set. And um, we made some work that, you know, where it was really, really fun and um, hopefully it will turn out well. Yeah. So as you look to the future, you know, we're in the last three months of 2021, which feels insane. insane. Uh, but as you look to the new year in 22, what are some things that you're excited about pursuing or are there things that you sort of have as bucket list for your career that you haven't gotten a chance to yet? I mean, honestly, this industry is so unpredictable that I try to not have too many expectations in a mm-hmm. way. I find that when something comes up, I'm just really open to it. So if something comes up, I'll read it. I'll be completely open without judgment. And you either get a feeling that this is not a good idea or it is a good idea. And then sometimes it's like, I feel like this is a good idea, but I'm absolutely terrified of it. So maybe I should say no. That's when I'm like, no, no, no say yes. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I I don't really have any expectations. I would, I would really, really love to work more in 2022. I I love when I'm on set. It's so much fun. So that's always something, but it's also nice to kind of be home and spend time with my animals and my friends and recharge in that way. So yeah, I don't really have any expectations, just staying completely open to any opportunity in life that comes my way. I also have you know, like anything that I'm passionate about, I try and do, especially when I'm not working. So it's just things like that, just kind of always staying open and not just like focus completely on the next job. I want to always kind of live life in between because I know that when I do have a job, I'm entirely focused on it. Very cool. I love hearing that. And I think that something that I've observed, especially in the last like five, 10 years is how many women in that industry have really started to take control of their narrative or their Mm -hmm. experience. Like you look at someone like Reese, you look at Jessica Alba, you look at people who sort of, Gwyneth, like who understood Mm -hmm. that they had a way to sort of use the platform that they were building, right? To turn it into something where they control, they were like the captain of the ship as opposed to sort of waiting for things so it's really interesting always to watch those careers unfold. It is. And, People and it, are bosses. You know what I mean? I'm like, totally. I'm, yeah. Totally. It's impressive. It's very impressive. Yeah. I, I, I don't, it's so funny. Like I, I feel like as I grow up, I keep getting more and more confident with being in charge of whatever, but that's definitely something that I'm learning as I go. I can be so headstrong and stubborn about some things. And then I can also Mm. be such a pushover in other ways. It's hilarious. I don't understand myself, but, um, but I, it's amazing to kind of see people take charge and take a chance on other ideas that they have and whatnot. And that's really beautiful. And it's also amazing when people kind of use a platform that they have to share something that they're passionate about, which is, which is really cool. Well, it'll be, it'll be rad to watch what this next year looks like for you uh, to just sort of see what's coming. I yeah. Like you have a beautiful attitude about how you approach all of it. This idea of saying yes, of being prepared, of being open, of not having expectations. And I just, I feel like 
listening to your story, there's so many things that sound a bit like, oh, I just, you know, and then I, and then there was this girl that I got to live with and thank God for her. And what, you know, because if I hadn't had that, then I wouldn't. And it's, it's sort of for me, because I'm very spiritual. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, you were being guided. Like this whole time is sort of leading you to exactly where you were meant to be, to be in this spot. So whatever's coming next is going to be really magical and cool. It'll be neat to watch. Thank you. I appreciate that. I can, I can feel you're that you're so like, kind of like-minded in that way of just like being guided and seeing where life yeah. takes you, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like people don't spend enough time sort of looking at their life through the lens mm-hmm. of what we would call like, oh, what a coincidence that was, or, oh, that mm-hmm. was serendipity or, or, but they don't really think of how often that happens to us as humans over and over and over. And I feel like the universe is always sort of taking care of us and, you know, guiding us where we're supposed to be. So it's cool to hear your story from that perspective. One of the cool things, I guess, about this job for me has been that you learn so much about yourself as you go, because you're playing all these different people. There's a lot of situations you're put in that you never would have in your life. And so you all of a sudden realize how you react in all these different situations very naturally. And you meet so many different kinds of people that you're learning all these different perspectives. And that's really, really incredible because it helps you learn so much about yourself and about other people in the world. And that's been honestly one of my favorite parts of this job. And it's, yeah, it's just, it's, I think it's nice when we take the time to actually like get to know ourselves. I think that that's really important. Um, and I am kind of a big believer in everything happens for a reason and, or at least trying to find a way to move forward when things, you know, are really bad. And I think that, yeah, that's, that's just how I have to approach life. That's just where I come from. So I love it. Well, Danielle, if listeners want to interact with you more, are there like your favorite social media platform? Is there a place that they can check out all the cool stuff that you're doing? Uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram. That's that's pretty much it, to be honest. But I'm <laughs> I'm on Instagram, and I'm not as probably as active as I should be. But I am on there, and I I do sometimes pop on. <laughs> but it's uh, just my name, Danielle McDonald. On Instagram. Very cool. Yeah. Well, hey, I I appreciate that I got some time with you today. And I'm very sincere in being excited about what we get to watch you do next. So I just hope that you have a fantastic day and the rest of this year is incredible for you. And we'll look forward to seeing whatever is next on the horizon. Thank you. You also, it was really great chatting with you. Yeah, you too. The Rachel Hollis podcast is hosted by me, Rachel Hollis. Our show is edited by Andrew Weller with additional production support by Sterling Coates. Our executive producer is Cameron Berkman. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is a 3% chance production.